Hello and welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Bryn Edwards. Movement, how we move our body, how we look after our body, particularly our spine, and smashing old paradigms for new ones are some of the topics we're going to be diving into today with my guest, Mark Bernacki. Born and raised in the windy city of Chicago, Mark got into physical training for all the vanity reasons you'd expect of a teenage male. He then took this further by taking a bachelor's degree in exercise science. After this, he planned to do physio or chiro, shadowing many practitioners. However, it was the same time he was exposed to the work of Ido Portel, founder of the movement culture. This is where Mark went all in with everything he had and began his journey with movement. In 2015, he quit his job and bought a one-way ticket to Ido's movement camp in Thailand. Afterwards, he visited Australia and ended up moving to Perth. In 2015, he was one of the first to join Ido's mentorship program. And in May 2017, together with two others, Margaret and Anthony, he opened the Modus Movement Studio in Myree. Now he teaches as well as practices movement. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So you're originally from the States. Correct. How did you perceive Australia before you even ended up here? Did you know much about it? No, I didn't know very much about it at all. Um, I suppose just the cliches, you know, kangaroos, all of that. Yeah. Um, always enjoyed traveling, wanted to come at some point, had no expectations and yeah, no real thoughts either way. Cool. So how did you end up here in Western Australia? It's a guess. It's a question I ask all my guests. Yes. Uh, well, as it, the intro mentioned, I bought a one-way ticket to movement camp in 2015. Uh, leading up to that point, I was working two jobs. I was in school. I was uh, training online with Ido. Mm. I knew I just wanted to get out and find more of a community because I was kind of alone where I was in uh, Chicago at the time. Of course, family and everything, but I had, had some goals and wanted people around me with like-minded goals. So I went to camp and just was kind of open to anything and planned to travel a little bit after camp. And I realized while I was traveling at post-camp, and I was like, I was splitting between traveling and trying to move and train and do these types of things. Right. And I realized I was uh, doing two things, neither to the maximum. Mm. I couldn't enjoy my time traveling because I was trying to sneak off and get some training rather than being with people from around the world. And I wasn't getting most out of my training because I also wanted to see some things. Yes. So I kind of decided that I had to decide which it was I was going to do. Yeah. Meanwhile, at camp, I um, met Margaret. We didn't talk that much, weren't best of friends. I was actually getting to be good friends with Anthony from camp. And the yeah. second to last night, Margaret was sitting next to me at the lecture in the evening and she just said, what are you doing after camp? I said, no plans, might go to Cambodia, but don't have to take that flight. Who knows? She said, come to Perth. Right. So I, after deciding I wanted to find more people to move with, I came, booked a flight through Perth, Melbourne, Sydney, back into uh, Boulder, Colorado, because I knew met people there from camp, yep. and then back to Chicago was the plan. Right. Came to Perth for a week, and just spent the time with Margaret, and met up with Anthony and a few other friends, and just had a great time, and uh, I guess just ended up coming back after that. Right. Yeah. So, uh, are you well settled here? Am I now? Yes. Yes, been here for three years, and uh, so that was 2015, and right as I came to Australia, I joined the mentorship as well. Right. So it was all kind of at the same time. I found good people. At the time, there was a lot of people um, in Perth doing online coaching with Ido. Right. So there's a lot of names I'd seen on uh, Instagram and faces right. I recognized from online. Um, but just it was a great community. On that trip, you know, I came here and Margaret's an excellent host. And um, she ended up visiting in the States. And that's we continued our relationship from there. 
But then I went to Melbourne, hung out with friends there initially. I went to Sydney, hung out with more friends I had met from camp. So it was just camp all the way. Yeah. And here's the joke that my camp never ended. There um, you go. You so, yeah. That. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So there's obviously um, a high degree of physicality in your story. Yes. What, where does that come from? Are you quite physical as a child or a kid? Or? I was always very active, I would say. But, you know, I was also... I enjoyed sitting in front of video games and that kind of thing. There was a moment, I would say, because I used to play a fair few video games. There was also a moment when I realized I'd play these games and build my character up. And I realized, why am I spending the time in this game adding strength and this and that or learning to do this in the game when I could just do it in real life? Right. You know, life is a RPG for, for the nerds out there. It's, it, but you can do it all here. Yes. And that doesn't mean I don't like video games anymore, but it's there's so many things that I can explore Let's do the real ones. In the real life. Yes, yes, exactly. So, you know, if I would have spent some of those hours learning to play guitar, I'd be a lot better at guitar now. Mm. Um, you know, I can learn all these skills and that kind of things. Yeah. Um, always played sport. Always enjoyed playing games. When I go to a friend's house, we'd be outside a lot of the time as well. And I don't know, something about it spoke to me. I've always been a very flexible person. Right. So, you know, my whole life I kind of had people telling me, oh, you should, you should do gymnastics. And I always, in the back of my mind, like, oh, that'd be cool. I could learn some tricks here and there. Um, so it was something that always looked cool to me, looked like fun. It was often been about, let's, let's have fun with things, um, play games and all of that. And I recently realized that, and we can get into this more later, is I, I, do, I just like to play. Hmm. And most people don't play anymore. I've always said, even before I got into this stuff, you know, it's, I'm never going to grow up just because I enjoy playing games. And we do a lot of serious play in yes. training with Edo and, and moving and all that and at Modus. Um, so I guess that was kind of it. It was always this underlying thing of I enjoyed playing games in competition to a certain degree, certainly physical competitions. I had a brother and a, a cousin who's basically a brother to me. He grew up with us. So there's three of us and, you know, a bit of roughhousing here and there mm -hmm. and playing basketball in competition and this and that. So it's always kind of been a undertone. And then, like I said, at some point I was the youngest. So my cousin started getting much stronger than me. And I needed something to do in, in between rounds of video games. So I'd go get on his bench press and start doing that. Right. And it really just snowballed from there as I tried to get more information and just dive in deeper, 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 deeper. Mm. Until I found uh, Ido's work and, yeah, never mm. looked back really. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask you, um, what, what took you to go to university and study? And what were you searching for? This is before you found Ido. Yeah. Uh, why did I go to university? Yeah, and, and study sports science, in fact. Um, yeah, so I went to university. It was, frankly, it was an expectation growing up. Both mm. parents, uh, well-educated and all of that. And, you know, my brother went, went to uni. My cousin went to uni. Everyone went. And um, I always knew because I, I enjoyed engaging mentally as well that I'd want to go do something. Yeah. I didn't know what, and it's much more common in the States to go to a... Undece go in undecided as to what you're doing. Yeah. So I was very undecided going in, but I continued taking general credits, this and that. And in high school is when I got into the fitness stuff at the time. And I knew I wanted to do something with that, but I didn't know what, what role that would take. Because it was still fitness mindset. I was like, oh, you know, I could be a researcher and dive into that, but I want to be active. I don't want to be in a lab. Mm. Um, but I don't want to be a coach but I don't want to do all this, uh, be a trainer necessarily. Yeah. All the things that you traditionally think with a, in a exercise world, I didn't want to do. Right. But 
at the end of the day, I realized, you know what, I just, there's nothing else that I will enjoy learning the material as much. Mm. And I can mentally engage with a lot of things as long as there's some bit of interest for me and I can be happy to dive in. But this is one I kept coming back to. This is what I spent my free time on is looking at more and more and trying to find people to learn from and potential workshops to go to once I was done with school. Is it within the sports? Uh, no, because I stopped doing sport there because at that time um, mm. I was starting to do the more individual training. I didn't, still didn't have the community. Right, but the I played you know intramural we have so not yeah. high level of anything. First of all, I wasn't good at any sports. I just enjoyed playing. Yeah, um, I was very very average at everything. Can pick things up all right, but was never never the best. Yeah, um, so I didn't ever have ambitions for something like that. Mm. I just knew I liked playing and being active, and at the time staying fit and learning new tricks and skills, which my mindset has changed a lot on that. Yeah, but that's you know the start of the rabbit hole, I suppose. Indeed. So how did you come across Edo? Um, so when I was in school looking for more information, mm. at the time I came, you know, gymnastics, came across some gymnastics strength stuff. Yeah. And this appealed to me because, you know, I was working out and, oh, I can maybe start getting to that. So I started looking and scouring the internet for more and more and more inf- information. That's mm. how I spent my time. Look for information and then try to apply. Um, and I came across Edo's name online and started following him for a while there. Yeah. And then clearly well-respected, clearly a person with information mm. comes across um, quite, quite curt, maybe, online, mm. very abrupt. Um, he's got a reputation for his online persona, but once yeah. you meet him in person, it, it fits. It's not, he's not being rude. He's being honest. Yes. He doesn't have time to deal with all these internet people. He had more time back then. Yes. So you just give it to him straight. Don't, don't um, be nice for the sake of being nice mm. and just... We can develop more that way. So had had a bit of a reputation and a following then, and I just started following and looking at what he was doing. And at the time, he wasn't coming to the States ever. Mm. So I was waiting, okay, when is there going to be a larger event? Because if I'm going to go to an event, and this was, I'd already been following him for probably three years at the point. Right. I have to, it has to be a, long, a larger one because I'm not going to fly somewhere to go for a two-day thing. Yes. Um, so <clears throat> down the line, I ended up, Seeing he had a movement camp in Berlin in 2012. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, it's expensive. It's all this. It's that. Yeah. Gosh, I can't do it. Yeah. And then as soon as the pictures came out on Facebook, I had massive FOMO. You know, I was like, oh, I should have been there. I oh, missed right. out on this so and that. So you talked yourself out of it. Yeah. I talked myself out of it beforehand because it was expensive. You know, I was yeah. just coming, coming out of school or I might have even been in school at that point. Couldn't rationalize it. Had a summer job instead and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so... Next time it came around, it was Singapore the following year. And as soon as it popped up, I knew. I was like, I have to go to this. Yeah. I have to go. Um, so I went, flew to Singapore for a week and spent some time uh, at the camp there. And yeah, that was my first exposure, real exposure to it. Yeah. Awesome. So if we take movement, I'm going to ask you one of the, what I found, mm. one of the trickiest questions yes. to answer so far. For a listener that's listening to this and is not quite aware, what do we mean by movement in this? <laughs> this is always the tricky question. This is the trickiest question. And it's, it'll be tricky here as well because usually, depending on who's asking, I mm. tailor the response to them. Mm. The beautiful thing about movement, well, I'll start off. Movement is very general, right? Yeah. What is movement? You know, sitting on the couch drinking a beer, you're moving. Yeah. You know, you're eating, you're moving. Physical fitness, yes, you're moving. Biking, you're moving. Everything's moving. That's what we do. Yeah. You know, there's some theories, strong theories out there that the whole reason we have such a complex and large brain 
is because it was developed to drive movement. Yes. No other animal does as much complexity. No one has as good of a brain as we do. No other animal. So that's why we have a brain. We to move. Yeah. Okay. So everything is movement. We'll start with that. Yes. Now, what is movement to you is the real question. Yes. What is it going to serve as? Yes. Do you have something to say? Yeah. yeah it, it, this is interesting because I, I wondered whether part of answering this question is, you know, I've been coming to Modus. Yes. For six months now, six or seven months, and I've been coming two or three times a week, and and now all of a sudden, um, I view movement completely differently. Mm. My spine works really well. I can play with my daughter exceptionally mm. well. I mean, I, I was a relatively fit bloke, forty three mm. years old, who could swim, and I came back in January, um, but now I can swim better. I can move better. Just way I view movement, not just in class, not just exercise, but the way I get out of bed, the way I go in the shower, all of this, it's completely changed. What has happened to me? Uh, that's a good question. Because <laughs> uh, it, it comes down to what the person wants. So yeah. for you, I can see how you engage with certain things. And there's some skepticism in the beginning, like, what is this? All right, I will use it to support my fitness. But then I could see you also, you clicked in with that there's something more here. And it's sometimes as simple as enjoying mundane tasks. Yeah. Because everything we do is movement, it's like, wait a minute, I can look at this and look at it a different way and suddenly suddenly realize, oh, that's something to train. Or that's something that I can enjoy that, oh, wait a mm. minute, I performed it differently without even thinking about, about it, mm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. So you can see there's more to it than just the fitness. So I mentioned earlier, my perspectives have changed entirely. Yes. So for the individual, the movement serves different purposes. For some people... It serves more of this fitness realm. Mm. And for everyone who comes to us, it serves the fitness in their life. Some people do more and other things on top because they have different goals, but that's fine. It's, so some people just need to be able to move because why do we need to be there? The goals, I need to be fitter or slimmer or this and that. Yeah. I need to be fit because I want to age well and stay strong and not be crippled and still be able to do all the things I want to do. Yes, but there's better ways to do that than the traditional models of getting fit. Mm. Such as? So, such as, how is your bench press going to help you with your day-to-day activities? Maybe you like hiking, maybe you like tennis. How is that really helping you? Yeah. Okay, yeah, we can get stronger in this and that, but what else can we develop? Um, you can spend your time doing a lot of things, and I found, let's do the things that give you return. Yeah. It may not be fun always, but it, it leads to something. something. These somethings then start to carry over. So your average person can come to movement class and learn, okay, these are the tools I can use to prevent myself from aging or aging is going to happen, but age gracefully, yeah. you know, get better as I get older, not necessarily worse, mm-hmm. get more mobile, get stronger in all these ways that carry over to my daily life, mm-hmm. not functional fitness per se, but things that are actually functional, getting up and down off the floor, prepare for the inevitable. You know, one of Ido's um, inspirations for some things is uh, Nassim Taleb, the um, economist. No, he doesn't like economists. Um, Forget his actual title he prefers. But um, he talks about black swan moments. Right. You know, when everything hits the fan, were you prepared for that? No, of course not. That's why stock market crashes in this mess with so many people. Okay, so we prepare for these times. When the worst happens, oh well. I mean, you saw our project on falling. Yes. Comes a time in everyone's life when it's not if you're going to fall, but when you're going to fall. So let's prepare for this. Because you don't want to realize, oh, I should have prepared for this when you fell and you broke your arm and you don't know how to get off the floor. So we can learn how to fall. We can learn how do you get off the floor in various situations. The biggest thing I think people get is learning to think out of their box with their body. Yes. 
And I spoke to someone yesterday Absolutely. about this because, okay, you're driving down the road. I have to get to work. Oh, this road's close. I'm going to go home. No, you find another way. But because our lives are so rigid and we've removed ourselves from our physicality, we kind of just take that approach. Oh, I've got this, therefore I can't. Or some people will say, you know, I know how I have to keep moving as I get older. The woman yesterday, I've got a 98-year-old mother who's telling me, keep moving. I'm the one with arthritis. She's doing great. But she always has told me, you have to keep moving. Yes. But how? Right? People don't know the tools. They don't know how to think Mm. out of the box because their life has been chairs into sitting uh, to go Mm. to work, into sitting at the office to come home. Oh, a long day. I'm going to go sit on the couch. Mm. And then every few weekends they go and maybe do something. Even your standard forms of exercise. um, Very rigid. Very rigid. Running. Repetitive. Yeah. Always repetitive. Yoga. CrossFit. It's all the same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Same movements over and over. Same movements over and over and over again. And I think this is one of the things like quite early on that clicked for me is, is just how confined into my body and the, and the habitual moving behaviors I was. Yes. And then I look around at, at, at some of my friends and colleagues and just people on the street and, and the, way they, the way they walk and everything. And it's all just the same, the same, the same. Yep. And, and before I came to class, I felt like I was like needed to do something and now I just burst out into my body yeah. and it's you, amazing there's so many things you can do there's moments like mm. oh yeah I can move this way and that way and no reason it's just hey there's something to explore there let's see what I can do yes oh you look at someone and you start noticing how do they walk this is the thing I notice you know you pick up these extra details like oh look at that person's walking different from that person to that person wait how do I walk oh yes. can I play with this can they you know different mm. cultures walk differently you go to South America they walk very differently Yes. And you pick up something there, but it's a cultural thing. There's not a way to walk. We don't all mm. walk the same. So you can get fascinated by little details like this mm. for the people who want to take it further, if you're so inclined. Yes. So then we've got, this, we've got the people who just want to age gracefully, play with their kids, as you mentioned. You know, most people, like the example is the squat, because we are advocates of squatting regularly as a rest position. Mm. You know, you look at the two-year-old. They drop something, they squat down, they keep mm. playing with it there. Whereas most of us, you look at a squat, or you look at an adult squatting, and you go, no, why would I do that? Right. I can't do that. Yes. What's the purpose? Well, of course, there's the basic functions of your knee, your ankle, and your hip, but it's also a useful position as a way to get off the ground if you fall, yeah. or to play with your kids, or if you're gardening, rather than crawling around on hands and knees, just squat hmm. and walk in the squat. Use it. And of course, you go to uh, many third world countries, and they squat. They squat. Yeah. No chairs. Okay, we squat. Hmm. We use it a lot, but we've lost it as well. So for some people, it's regaining this body level. I need to have my body functioning so I can live my life without this getting in the way. So, so for a listener that's um, like listened to this and it's like it, it, it all sounds great. What I mean, I know because I've been. But what would the listener who's not been to a class? What sort of things would they explain? How the class is structured and what we do. So this is, this is another tricky thing, right? Yeah. What is a movement class? Mm. There isn't a movement class. It's not a thing. We want to work with students because it does change, and you can't just mm. get everything from a class. I mentioned a project, our project of falling earlier. I said that. It's because we work with projects six weeks at a time, sometimes shorter, but mostly six weeks. That way we can dive into a subject because there's endless subjects in the world of movement out there we dive into a subject for six weeks we learn a lot about it we pick it apart we use tools to then get better at it how can we apply this to other scenarios develop something and then we forget about it 
for a year or so. You know, it'll come back at some point. Yes. But then we move into another subject. So we can do some martial work. We can do rolling. We can do falling. We can do some dance types things. We can do all. It's all movement. Let's develop it all. Let's keep getting um, engaged with our practice and taking it further rather than getting um, too focused on other goals. And no goals are bad, but why are you doing it? It's always that why behind. So Mm. we can get caught up in why we're doing something and just end up doing it. And then eventually we get to the end and realize it's empty. Mm. There was nothing else there. Yes. So there's always something else for us. So we keep going. Um, with this, we also have general prep to you know maintain the body layer a bit more. I mentioned if preparing your body from not falling apart, being prepared for different scenarios. So we have everyone doing individual strength work. It starts fairly generic because when you walk in the door, I don't know you very well. So we start in the same place. Yeah. And we give you the prep work to start developing certain types of strength, certain types of mobility. And we pride ourselves on being very effective with this stuff. Don't need to be doing tons of strength work and mobility work. You just need the tools that work mm-hmm. in the right dosages at the right time. Everyone's got different limitations, so it needs to be all those different factors are different times, different dosages for different people. Yeah. Um, but the tools remain similar, and it's just learning how to apply them in the right scenarios. Because mm. it is, I've found it is very individually specific, yet very general at the same mm. time. Like everybody's kind of doing the same thing, but they're at different places as well. Yep. And I've, and I've also been interested with this idea of mobility, which is the mixture of strength and flexibility yep. together. A lot of people will go off and, and do strength and hit it out in the gym, yet they're rigid as all. Th- all. Yeah. And then others may well go and do yoga, yet they're not exactly strong. They can't pick a box up or yep. stuff like that. So, you know, this, this nice mixture of strength and flexibility to bring mobility yes is, is is really fascinating to me oh for sure you touched on a few subjects there as well because this is why we need the individualization mm. we've got some people who come to class who their backgrounds in weightlifting or some high level crossfitters who need to get more mobile in the same class you get a yogi who is very um weak needs a bit more strength work yeah okay what do you give them they both need to work on similar things but in different ways the yogi you need to put a bar on their back get them stronger get stronger hips and this will start solving some issues the person who's already strong doesn't need to be doing so much of this and this drives a lot of our practice is how much time are we putting into any specific thing Mm. what am i trying to achieve am am i searching for this generalist perspective then yes i need to think about how much time am i willing to invest on this thing for example we do 30 minutes of strength in class I can get someone strong. My background's in exercise stuff. I can get someone way stronger with doing more time. But I can get you damn strong in 30 minutes a day if we're doing the right stuff. Yeah. Or even less than 30 minutes a day. So how much time are we putting into it and what's the value? If to get stronger, to get that one-arm chin-up, you need hours and hours and hours. Why? What is that one-arm chin-up going to give you? Now, it's sometimes good to have a goal, have a project, and achieve it. But what is the cost? Everything we do has a cost. Mm. And this is true in any aspect of life. Everything we do is some form of uh, specialism and has a downside. Yeah. You sit in the car too much, your body's getting better at sitting. Whatever you're doing at this moment, you're getting better at it. If you're in the car listening to this, you're getting better at sitting, getting yes. better at the position of driving. If you're walking, you're getting better at walking. Mm. If you're sitting, leaning against the wall, drinking something, you're getting better at that position. We adapt to whatever we're doing. Mm. But people don't realize it. You know, this is that more and more it's getting popular. Oh, you can't fix this problem, that problem in three times a week, 45 minutes. True. So come to class and we educate you on tools that you can 
implement into your life to then start solving issues so that you can fix your hips because you spend more time squatting. You fix your back because you you spend more time squatting and you add the hanging and you move your spine and you get stronger and, 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 and. Yes. This is where we need to go. Yeah. If anything takes too much time, then I don't want to spend my time doing it. Now, granted, I spend a lot of time doing this stuff. Yes. But you can acknowledge what's the next layer down. For example, Ido doesn't expect us to train as much as him. This is his life. He does 8 to 10 hours a day. Yes. It's everything. Yeah, I, I also want to, you know, have a partner, play guitar here and there, do some other things from yeah. time to time. So I don't train 8 to 10 hours a day. Yeah. But what I do is considered crazy by most people because it is most of my life. Um, and that has a cost. I can't do everything else. I couldn't travel open-ended like I initially had dreams of, as many young yes. people do. Um, and we just need to recognize the cost. I don't think that this is what we do makes me a better person. Not at all. I just want you to acknowledge the cost of what you want to mm. do. If you want to spend a lot of time swimming, great. But that's something else that can't be there. If you enjoy swimming, perfect. Beautiful. Mm. Runners, run forever. Great. You enjoy it. Keep doing it. But we need to acknowledge that it takes a toll on the body. Yes. Repetitive impact. At some point, you start developing joint issues, especially if you don't know how to train the mobility and how to develop all these things in the right ways, which many people don't because it's different. It's not what you normally mm. see in training. And, okay, what tools are these that then can help you continue your running practice? I don't care if you want to do, you know, 100Ks a week or something. That's fine. Just acknowledge the cost and then we can do what we can. Yes. I think... Um one of the unique things I've found about coming to class has been, um, or one of the most challenging things is, you know, I've come from a background of setting a goal mm. and, and going and achieve it. You know, so I swam to Rottnest and I've done stuff like that. With coming to class at Modus, it's almost, um, I, I've not, right from the start, I knew it was good for me, mm. but I couldn't tell you why. Yes. I just knew it was good and it was knew it's something I was going to have to do for my own physical well-being long into the future and then uh, then the next thing I had to do was I had to give myself up to the process with with no idea of where it was going mm. and, and I think that is probably one of the most challenging things and probably one of the reasons why it is difficult for for some people if you've come from that oh well where am I going with this where mm. am I going with this that coupled with you know, I remember the first day I came to class, I'd been swimming in the morning. I felt really good because, you know, it's what I'm good at, this, that, and the other. I turned up at class as a complete move hard and I'm right back <laughs> to the beginning. And so, you know, it confronts your ego yeah. as well. So you don't know where you're going. One of the most successful things I found was just let go and give yourself to a process. And also acknowledge that you're going to feel pretty stupid and it's going to confront your ego while you're doing it. Yeah, for sure. Um... There's something that's very much lost in our culture. The only place it really remains is the, the martial arts of having a teacher and just being a student. We yeah. don't know how to be students anymore. Most of us stop being a student after high school or after uni. Mm. And even when we're in high school and uni, most of us are not good students. And then suddenly to become a student as an adult is very confronting for a lot of people. Yes. And this is something that Ido has established for a long time is let's have a student-teacher relationship and other relationship as well. But when we're working this way, there's there's certain ethic around everything. Yes. And it's it's understood in martial arts schools and dojos and this and that. There's a certain amount of respect built in there. 
and a certain amount of respect for the practice and for the hard work that is nowhere else, certainly not in the fitness world. Most people pay a personal trainer to try to make them feel a little bit better for themselves while they force them to do something they hate, and yeah. they pay for the accountability. That's not what, not what we're about. We want people who want to develop something more, who are willing to trust the process. The mm. thing we always say is we, we don't care where you're at. I don't care if mm. you, once again, the person who came in yes, the other day and said, I can't get down to the floor and get back up. I don't care if you're a 20-year-old guy who's been doing sport his whole life and as strong as I'll get out. We had another one of those, uh, one of those type of guys join up two months ago. You know, First day in, walks over, does a handstand, full-range handstand push-up against the wall, which is a fair bit of strength already. It's like, all right. Where do we go from here? There's plenty of things we can do. Yeah. I don't care which one you are. What is your mindset? This kid didn't come in with any ego. Rare. Rare to have a 20-year-old kid do that. The, the woman doesn't have a mindset of, I can't. Her mindset was, I know I need to do something. I just don't know how. And the other things don't make sense. Hmm. Both of them, cool, I'll trust you. Tell me what to do. This is what we want. The mindset of, I'm happy to do whatever. That doesn't mean you don't think about what you're doing. You don't have healthy skepticism. You don't question. Hmm. It means that you're open to trying. You're open to being engaged with the activity, being clued in. This is what I'm doing now. Okay, I'm going to put everything I have into this moment now rather than thinking about what's going on tomorrow or what I have to hmm. do for work or what's going on with the kids. I'm going to do this now. Yes. And then we can start to develop something. And then we can develop a relationship and we can start to trust a bit more and we can go into a deeper practice because anything that's not superficial, will take a bit of trust on some level so that you can learn. I mean, what else is a teacher? Someone to, you trust to take you in a certain direction. And we all know there's a lot of terrible teachers out there. Hmm. Okay, let's find a good one and stick with them. That's why I'm still with Ido five years later. Same thing. I went to him initially went at that first event. Felt something. Something's there. I don't know where this is going, but I have a feeling that he can take me somewhere... I think I might want to go. I didn't have very specific goals, which isn't necessarily the best thing. I just enjoyed it at the time. Okay, I'll stick around. Okay, I'll stick around. Okay, I'll stick. And still, still here. Now, you know, he gets more clarity with where he's going. It's like, oh, yes, this is what... It makes so much sense now. Mm. Um, yeah, so people aren't used to being students, aren't used to being mentally checked in, aren't used to having a process again and having to trust and doing weird things. So the biggest thing we look for is what is your mindset coming in? Leave mm -hmm. the ego at the door. I don't care who you are outside of there. Yeah. Let's do some work. Let's have some fun, but serious yeah. fun. I mean, it, it, it is. I find classes are super present and super grounding. Mm. And um, yeah, you know, it does, doesn't matter what else is going on. That soon leaves you. Yeah. And then it soon joins you when you get back in the car afterwards. But um, yeah, it's super grounding and, and super present. The other thing that I've found um, really enjoyable is, is like you said, projects. Mm. So we start off something, you know, like we did juggling yep. for a while. Yeah, I did a little bit of juggling when I was a kid, stuffing around. And then, you know, we practice, practice, practice. And then just as we're at the point of getting all right at it, we chuck it away. And then we go and do something else. And, you know, I've, I've heard Ido talk about zone one, two, and three, exploration, um, perfection and then maintaining and it and I love this idea that we're almost you get into you get in you're just feeling comfortable in zone two and then it's time to chuck it away and but exercise but f traditional fitness is zone three 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 and three like maintain 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 maybe push it but you're not learning anything new 
And I realised at the end of, I mean, it's not just physically what's going on. You mentioned the brain earlier mm. on and it's there to move us. It did, I realised at the end of that, that four or five weeks, it didn't matter whether I could juggle or not. I'd created a whole stack of new neural yeah. pathways. They actually did a study on, they've done a few studies on juggling. Um, There's a more well-known one coming out of Sweden where they took, uh, labelled as elderly population, 60 mm. plus I think was the age, uh, age range, and they gave them the task of juggling. And they said, okay, we do a brain scan before, go juggle, mm. here's how you do it, go. Come back in, I don't know how long the time was, four weeks, six weeks, something like that. Come back and they do scans again, they do all this stuff, and they see how successful they were. About half the group succeeded at the task of juggling, the other half didn't. Same results from the brain. Yeah. Novel movement patterns. This is what so much of, our, of us are missing. You know, kids learn things fast. They have far better neuroplasticity. That's that's fact. But a lot of us think, oh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yes, you can. Mm. You just have to not care about looking stupid while you're failing at it. And yeah. then have a process to get you there, of course. Yeah. But so many of us have an ego. You know, you can see it in kids around seven, eight. They start developing this, this sense of ego, sense of self, self, sense of, I don't want to look stupid in front of my friends, my parents, other people. And then suddenly we just shut down. I don't want to do something I'm bad at. So I stick to the things I'm good at. Mm, safe, comfortable. Safe, comfortable. I'm good at it. I'll always be all right. You know, people will applaud for me because I did pretty well. No, you're not learning something new. If you don't feel stupid at some point or uncoordinated or whatever you want to call it, you're not learning something physically. Mm. So this is that moment we look for. We try to find these moments where you feel like you can't clap. You can't put your hands together. It's too difficult. Oh, Good. they come thick and fast. They yeah, exactly. Fast. Because we constantly want to keep you guys learning and learning and learning. And next thing, okay, you got that one? Cool. On to the next one. On to yeah. the next one. On to the next one. So it keeps moving. And it gets tricky sometimes, right? We have six weeks to do something. We dive in. You feel like you're just getting somewhere with the juggling. Well, there's a few things to address there. One, you know, some people did far better than you. Some people did far worse than you because mm. there's the full spectrum. So some of them, they would probably say, oh, I feel like I was just getting there. You look at them and say, oh, they got there. The people below you look at you and say, oh, I, I just wish I was there. The big thing is that you've been exposed to something. You have the tools to take it further, if you wish, hmm. and you've developed something. Cool. Maybe in a year's time, we bring juggling back. And then you start from where you were before. Yeah. Oh, hey, I know how to do this. And now we can go to a higher level. And it will keep moving forward this way. Exposure, digest it a little bit, move on to something new. Hmm. Eventually, the same thing or something similar comes back. Those who have already done it get a higher level. You know, you've seen some of the spine work, the circles and waves and all these yes. things we do with the spine. Okay, if a certain level of quality is there, come next time, you get the next layer and the next layer and the next layer. Mm. And some people, depending on how frequently you're practicing and coming and all this, they have a ceiling. They won't go so far. You know, they're stuck at, we'll call yeah. it a blue belt or whatever you want. The people who are training harder, they'll get to go to further layers. Mm. Comes down to what do you want out of it? What purpose is it serving in your life? Mm. We can take you where you want. So we got some guys who train twice a day when they can. And that's many days for some of them. And if they're not in, they're doing it at home. Cool. We can take you to a further level. We can start giving more pro uh, projects. We can trust you to have a process and to work with quality on your own so that we can give you more interesting projects and mm. keep going further. So it can serve the purpose for whoever it needs to be and on multiple layers. Physically, mentally, yeah, I engaging. Think, I think this is this is where it started to drop for me that it wasn't just my body I was training. Mm. 
it's also in my mind. I'm taking on lots of stuff. I mean, I take on lots of stuff anyway yeah. by doing this podcast. And, and it sort of dawned on me at that point, oh, this, I think this is one of the reasons why I love the podcast is because I get to sit with different people. I get to delve in the story. I learn mm. some stuff and then boom, I'm on to the next one. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fascinating. Um, the, other, the other thing I really like, and it's, it's splashed up on the wall, is every day is spine day. Yep. And, and, and I've, I've seen Edo talk about, you know, we all take our spine for granted, but one day, you know, we've all had that day when it's like, oh, I've thrown my back out. Oh. Yeah. And then it's, you, you ignore it and then until the day that it, it causes you pain or it doesn't work and then you want it back. Yep. And then it says, I mean, I saw it in a thing where he's, you know, he's rubbing his middle yeah. finger around his face as if saying, oh, fuck off. Yep. <laughs> you've, not, you've ignored me and now it's time to look after me. I think, I think that's really important. That's really grounding. Yeah, 100%. Um, the Chinese have a saying, I don't know where it originates from, but you're as old as your spine. Mm. You know, you ask anyone with spine issues, back issues, they'll tell you it's true, whether they're 20 or 80. The 20-year-old with a bad back feels like they're 70, 80. The 80-year-old, you see some, some of the guys in China who've been practicing certain ways for a long time, they look and move like they're 40 or 30 or something like this. Yeah. It's like, and then they tell you they're 80. It's like, what? Yeah. yeah, we want the spine to move. And there's a lot of bad ideas of what should a spine be able to do. Mm. You know, people talk about having to brace it all the time. Yeah, but your spine does this and this and moves in this way and that way. And it happens in day-to-day -day life. Okay, we should prepare for that. Um, this is a concept that we use for the whole body. You know, just talked about it, but bullet bulletproofing. Once again, that black swan moment. What's going to happen? We don't know what's going to happen, so let's prepare for it. Prepare for the unknown, or at least be able to deal with unknowns in general. So mm. for the spine, yes, okay, a neutral position is very good for the spine. It's very safe. But if you only ever train in a neutral position, one day life is going to take you out of that neutral position, and it will be a bad day for you yes. and your back, and then you'll be old. So, you know, story from Margaret and, you know, or from chiropractors in general of, you know, you, you get a patient in who's, going, oh, what happened to your back? You know, I was sitting on the toilet, and I reach over for the paper, and... My back goes because they hadn't rotated in so so long that suddenly they simple task demands rotation yeah. and they lose it. Or you go to or spinning around in your car to reverse. Yeah, exactly. And then <clears throat> really done. such a simple task. And of course things happen, you know, stress mm. in life and this and that. You can't prepare for absolutely everything, but maybe we can mitigate the damage. Mm. So when you bent over with a rounded back to pick up the groceries or the pot plant or whatever it is, you maybe get a twinge, but hopefully not. You shouldn't. If it's a simple thing, but if you do, okay, you know the tools to start moving your spine again so it recovers. Hmm. I'm not pretending that aging doesn't happen and these things don't happen. They do. It's impossible to avoid. But what can we do to mitigate damage and then recover quickly and make it's not a thing? Oh, I've got this little twitch in my back. I guess this road is closed. Let me find another one to go around so that my life can continue. I don't have to go lay on the couch for the next three days. Yes. That's a better orientation than, you know, mm. being there's stuck a lot of, by these things. There's a lot of taking responsibility for yourself in that as yep. well, which I really like. That's why we have notebooks, right? Indeed. That's why you're not a member, not a client, you're a student. Yes. Right? I expect you, you say mentally engaged in class, you have to be present. Yeah, because if you're not, you're going to be lost. It's a lot of information, as it should be, because we're learning something. Mm. It can be overwhelming. We're fully aware of that. That's why the notebook starts to help. We... Educate you so that when the new guy comes in, you can help them sometimes in the mm. class scenario. And that's the key part, partner work. I mm. love it. What is anyone searching for? Community. You know, you, you look at the, the oldest people, the blue zones of the world. 
right? Who lived a certain amount of people over 100. What's the consistent thing? It's not being vegetarian. There's people who eat meat. There's some vegetarian communities. There's only one vegetarian. It's not this. It's not that. Most of them have some vice, whether it's wine or this. Or that. It's purpose. It's community. It's family. It's that kind of thing. So you need to develop a community mm. that has like-minded values. For some people, that is their family. For some people, it is a community who wants to spend their time doing the same things or wants to grow in certain ways or whatever it is. You know, we all have communities. That's part of what drives all of us, right? What You've got the polar bear. What, what's it called? Yeah, the Port Beach polar bears. Yes, exactly. Right? Mm. You enjoy your swimming, but you enjoy it more because you have a group of people who like to do it with you. Yes. Right? And because you're good at it a bit. Of course, yeah. there's all these factors to it. But if you just came to Modus and you didn't interact with another person at all, then it would just be weird. <laughs> we want to be weird together and develop things together yeah. because how do we I've mentioned training for chaos be prepared for the unknown you can't do that alone because you plan everything you do maybe not plan consciously but you're semi-prepared so I'm not going to put a BOSU ball under you and call that chaos no I'm going to have a partner give you an input that you don't know what's coming mm. and then you deal with that then the best part about this is that the partner can be a good partner and not a not just arbitrary oh this and that you see your partner struggling with something, you can help them out to their level. You see you've got a really good partner, you can help them out to their level. Same and thing. And you learn at the same time. And you learn. It's another way of engaging you. Everyone needs to work with some, like to have a practice with something, everyone needs to work with themselves. They need to work with people at the same level of them. They need to work with students. They need to teach something and they need mm -hmm. teachers to guide them. This is something from Edo. Even with you, okay, you don't necessarily have students in this realm. But I know you've, you've shown some stuff to your daughter. You've shown some stuff to people, that yeah. friends, and this and that. And you start to teach, and you see them do something. And then you have to think about it a bit differently to communicate it correctly. You have students. We all teach all the time. That's communication. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good. we have to have all these layers to have it be a fulfilling practice. Otherwise, at some point, it gets empty. Or at some point, you break down. Or at some point, something else comes in. Hmm. So, the, uh, the point you've made several times about having a teacher, a mentor... Um, can you talk more about the importance of that? Ooh. Um, in, in what aspect? And just in life? In Well, what's the... I mean, you, you would have what, you know, in your field, you, you'd have probably, you know, the world-class mentor. Yeah. So that's actually quite a privileged place yes, to 100%. be. Yes, um, 100%. And, and I want to ask you a bit more about that. Yeah. But before we dive into that, it's, it's this concept of having... Um, a coach or a mentor or somebody you know it's it's a classic thing you know standing on the shoulders of giants yeah you know you you hear us here today you don't have to know how this microphone works you don't have to know how this or that because someone else did it you don't have to know how to be do a podcast completely from scratch because you had Brian to help you yeah we all look for people to direction otherwise if we didn't have someone to guide us somewhere we'd have to reinvent everything every person's life that doesn't make any sense we all have mentors along the way you know to various degrees, parents or parent figures for those in different situations to help you in the beginning stages of what do I do? Where do I go? How do I do things? Not just to take care of you, but to teach you. This is all obvious to us. Yet some suddenly we get to certain aspects of our life, certain fields, and we think we can do it on our own. Really? How far does that get you? It's a rare person who can truly do stuff on their own. And even if that's the case, how far did they get? Hmm. It's, it's the collective knowledge and my teacher's collective knowledge from his teacher's collective knowledge from his and so on. Yes. It just keeps going. 
So that's what it is, right? I know some things now. One of the reasons I have stuck with Ito so much and why I finally bit the bullet and went to him because I tried to do it myself. I scoured the internet for free information. And there's a lot of free information out yeah. there. I was on the internet. I, was, I know a lot of things. It's pretty funny. Like because I was so, dig, digging so deep, like people I know now are like, oh, yeah, I read this about you back in 2011. And they're like, what? Because I've seen it all. I've tried. I tried so hard. Didn't work. I got injured here. I got injured there. Now I'm injury prone because I tended to be mobile in my life. Mobility is easy for me. Strength is not one bit. Um, and I've suffered in some ways because of that. Other ways, are, it's a blessing. Yeah. But I needed someone to guide me. At the very least, so that I know that the thing I'm doing is working or not working. Or the thing I'm doing, oh, is this going to hurt me? No, just, just do it. Okay, mm -hmm. I trust you. I'll do it. It takes your mind out of it in a certain way so that you can be present with what you're doing now and what instead of what maybe should I possibly be doing. You can see it all the time. People... Uh, I, but what about this? What about this? I want to... Yeah, okay. I heard your goals in the beginning. That's why we put the goals down so I know where you're headed. Concerns, injuries, these kinds of things. Now there's a process. Please trust it. Yeah. We can't expect everyone to walk in with a perfect mindset. Once again, we're not all good students. But we can help that process, help educate on how to be a student and hopefully build some rapport and trust with us so that we can develop, so that we can help you with your issues and get you to goals and show you goals you didn't know you had, yes. and all that type of stuff. You need someone to guide you in each thing you do. I mean, think of anyone of excellence. Did they not have a mentor? Yeah. Exactly. So I think it's just it's needed. If you want to strive for excellence, get a mentor. I have no aspirations, just easy example, to be excellent at guitar. I don't have a guitar teacher. If I ever want to commit to it more seriously, I will get a guitar teacher. For now, I'm enjoying the process of doing it alone. Mm. The cool thing is I know how to learn. So I can apply things that I've learned from my movement practice to guitar. Because what is guitar? It's movement in a very specific way. Yes. But it's moving. So I can apply similar principles. But still, there's people who know it far better and always will. I'll learn from them if I want to get serious about it. So how did you move from going to movement camp following Edo to actually being one of his mentees? You were in the first group of them. Right? Yes. Yes, I joined when it started in 2015. Um, I think there's a few sides to it. Like I said, I went first in Singapore, and I knew there was something there, and I didn't know what it was. Now, like many people out there, I instantly started looking for information, more information. This is a common thing that we miss, and this is where you know the student and teacher relationship is important, because in this current world, we always want more. We want more. We want more information. Ito's line, it's an age of misinformation. There's a more bad information than good information, mm. but there's no shortage of information for sure. Yeah. But the information I got from that first camp in one week could have lasted me at the very least, very least a year, probably more. But what do I do? Go look for the next workshop and this one and this one. Why don't I just apply what I've already learned? Yes. We all have this issue. I want the next thing, next thing. Just do the work first and then we get more information. Mm. So after that, I, I went... Think, yeah. yeah this, this, you're right. There is such an abundance of information. People give away free content. And, and the specialism nowadays, I see, is, is actually helping people to do with it. You know, turn it into action and do, mm. repeatedly do and turn it into a ground out set of behaviors rather than just some fancy knowledge that you know you yeah. can talk about in a bar but don't do. <laughs> the funny thing is you very much described me in a few phases of my life. Like I love getting more information. I don't do it so much in the movement sense because I've had my teacher and I still learn about a lot of different things, but I don't go to other people anymore mm. to spend time with them. 
but I love listening to so many podcasts and I just listen and listen and listen. It's like, oh, that's cool and that's cool and that's cool. But I don't spend enough time with it to be good at it. And mm. it's like, oh, yeah, okay, this is about resiliency and this is about not procrastinating. Wait, I just need to apply. So in some ways, I yeah. very much cut out all the things that I read and all this and that. And in some ways, it's, oh, but it's less learning. Yeah, but it's more productivity. It's less wasted time. Because if yes. I don't do anything with it, it is wasted time. Or not. Mm. Maybe it's a future interest. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so we need that person to really mm. guide. And after Singapore, I wanted the more information. Mm. So I went to a few other workshops and they're all people. How did I find, oh, who's good, who's not? Because there are a lot of bad ones out there. So I looked at who has Ido interacted with before. And I started going to these other workshops and talking to them just based on old internet posts. Because once again, I scoured everything. Mm. Um, and I did a few workshops with other people. And I realized each one, it was like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. And then reflecting on it was something's missing. At the, the first thing I realized is, one, these people don't live it. Right. They may do it. It may be their job. They may spend time with it, but they don't live it. You know, this guy's teaching mobility. He's a mobile guy. Cool. But he also lives a very normal life. Frankly, that's not the person I want to learn from. I want to learn from the crazy person. And then I can distill it to the appropriate level for me and, yeah. and so on and so forth to, to other people. Um, but there's just missing points. Like, oh, you, you could be super mobile and you need to make this and this and this work. But when is it applied? It never got to the application stage. There's no wet test to see if it works or not. Ah, a bunch of theory. Same thing I said before. Oh, the theory of your spine works very well here, but when is it applied? And then I went to certain strength training things and learned. So like uh, went to Poliquin workshop. Fair people know his name out there. But it's like, is this what I really want to do? I can get so much more information on strength training. And I keep learning things here and there, but I don't invest too much time into it because, once again, I know enough to get you damn strong in 30 minutes. The reason we do the strength and mobility just as a side and the handstands is tools to allow you to do other things. Tools to make never have your body be the limiting factor in why you can't do an activity or some practice. Cool. I don't need more than that. Not going to chase it forever because eventually I'll get weaker. We all do. So that's kind of... And just noticed that people were missing factors and just kind of kept coming back and like, I, right, I guess I'll go come back to Edo, did the next movement camp or had done online coaching prior. And um, just as time went by and I did have exposure to other things, I just realized that for me, there's not as much, there's not many people who have some good truth out there that will continue to move forward rather mm. than just keep repeating the stuff that they've already developed 20 years past and now have turned into a successful business. Yeah. Which if that's how they want to do it, great. But I want the something more, something more, something more. Um, so then I did the following camp. So I had done two camps and I had been doing a year of online coaching, maybe a little bit more. Um, and then just when the mentorship invitation came my way, I said, yes, I'm in and um, shoot first, ask questions later. And there's lots of questions along the way, of course, mm. but as the years go by, it just keeps reaffirming um, the decision, I suppose. I just came back from Berlin last week, and I've done many events now. I don't know how many. Um, could count, but oh well. Um, yeah. What does, over. The, what does the mentorship, what, what's the sort of structure behind so it? So the structure of the mentorship has been, we go to two events uh, each year, usually one's in Berlin in July, where I just got back from. Uh, one is somewhere else in Europe, 
around uh, December, January, and then movement camp. So the two regular events are our mentorship events, where it's just the people in the mentorship group, and we can keep diving into a deeper level. Um, then movement camp is the big event. This is the one that I tell people, if Ido's not in your backyard or the team's not in your backyard, go to this event. Don't fly somewhere to go to any other event but movement camp first. It is such an engaging and fantastic week. Hmm. It's it's well worth it. Can be expensive. You know, I think it ends up being five thousand Australian dollars, something like that. But it's all foods included. It's a great resort, all these things. And it's seven days of movement with 150 people from around the world. The energy is incredibly high. You get a bit of a dive into the process for sure, and that's your day. You have nothing else to do. You have no time for anything else. Let's just see what it's about. And just the being in a place where there's people from all around the world is just a very interesting experience because it's an mm. odd group of people who are invested um, invested enough to fly around the world to do this. Yes. I like I started out, you know, I started traveling through Australia. I took a trip through from Thailand to Perth to Melbourne to Sydney to Boulder, Colorado, and I went to Chicago, my home for a few weeks, and then I went to Toronto, and then I went to Baltimore, and then I went to New York before then moving back to Perth. Every single place I went, I didn't pay for lodging because I was with someone I'd met at the 2015 movement camp months earlier. That's incredible. Hmm. I got a bit of travel that way and training because there's all people with similar mindset. Yeah. But it's, it's rare to find a community like this one. Um, so, yeah. And what occurs in between the events? So, in, the, in between the events, I'm, we have online support from Ido. We've got a little... He's in contact with us semi-regularly, and speaking to him this time, it looks like we're getting more and more direction. Once again, we see where the practice is developing to, and then um, so we can take our practice individually to a deeper level and then learn how to provide information and provide teaching and mm. develop our communities even further. So, so there's um, a big focus on developing communities in the different yeah. areas, so he's almost creating nodes around the world. Uh Yes, to, to the style that we choose. He, mm. He's not trying to franchise anything. He doesn't care no. about that. He's letting us, he's developing students who then to be true practitioners have yes. to develop their own students and have to have some kind of teaching form, whatever that might be. And um, so, yeah, we get, he helps us with material, with how to, how to teach is a huge one. There are very, mm. like I said, there's very few good teachers. This is the first, one of the first things I noticed, you know, he knows how to teach well. And I hope this is something you can see at Modus. Yes. We have a process. We, we teach a certain way because it works. We expect certain things because it works, and then we can actually develop mm. further. There's that lovely balance, I find, where you'll spend time with us and do stuff, and then there's other times that we're like, just, just figure it out, and you just walk away. Yep. And this, <laughs> this once again, dosages to the right people at the mm. right time. There's some guys I trust where it's, I show it to them, go do. Mm. Because this is where we want to be. I shouldn't have to digest everything and spoon feed all the time. Mm. We don't want to be in that place because then you aren't mentally engaged. This becomes more of the personal trainer thing. Do this, uh, put your elbows here, da, 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 go. Okay, next time. Do this, put your elbows here. Same yeah. thing. Just regurgitate. Like, it's not developing something. It's, it's, okay, maybe you're getting fitter, you're getting this or that. And some people, that's perfect. That's what they need. But I want to engage people who can then engage with me. I want people who can then see a movement and replicate it. What are the tools you need to do this? That's what we try to provide. And in the beginning, it means I digest the information and spoon feed it so that later you can grow your own teeth and chew on it. And, you know, you, everyone's at different places. Some people don't care to go that far into it. Other people are just higher level, and I expect more of them. 
but we can only have, find this out by having a relationship and seeing where everyone's at. With some things, okay, I have to know the person's individual ability level. Do they have the mobility? Do they have this or that? To have this element presented to them now. Mm. Do they have the, um, I suppose, the education in place so that they have the tools to then digest it? Or do I need to break it down a little bit more for them? And so we do this in class sometimes, right? We, we split the group into two. You guys go do this. All right, you guys come with me. And we'll be learning the same thing, but some people have a bit more help along the way and other people don't have as much help. Now, the beautiful thing about this is, guess what? Everyone, particularly in the group that's been put away from me, is knows the process and knows how to work and can help each other out. I don't expect you to do it perfectly first time. I expect you to mentally check in and work on it and not lose focus when it's frustrating. This is something that's, that frustrates me is when you see people get frustrated and then they stop and mentally check out. Yes. Really? You're here. Just do the work. You know, you're spending the time doing something. Why not have it go somewhere? Mm. And I understand frustration. Of course, there's bad days and this and that. Oh, yes. And classes are long for most people, you know, two hours sometimes. At the weekend, yeah. Okay. Mm. Pull the focus from somewhere. I know you can. It's practice just like anything. Pull your awareness to now. Mm. Not, I, I not the, the kids, thing. not this, not that. Be present, please. And then when it's frustrating, good. That's when you're learning. Yeah. So That's when I find the best tonic is the smart. Mm. at myself yeah <laughs> because no one else is laughing at you no right but you laugh at yourself because it is funny yeah. sometimes like and that a, takes a bit out of it and then i'll go back and have another crack oh and, and it's great and like to, where our current project is coordination oh oh and the whole idea is there's some people who are more coordinated and less coordinated it's not that you are uncoordinated it's simply that you don't have exposure to something similar to what we're doing right now but for everyone in the room, we take it to a level that's difficult for them. Mm. For some people, it stays simple. That's fine. They have more to learn in this realm. For other people who maybe did dance or this or that and pick up new patterns frequently, it's a bit easier. Good. We just take it higher. You still get to this moment with everyone where you see this look in their eyes of freeze, oh. panic, uh, the gears breaking down in their head. Good. That's perfect. Yeah. I try to find that in my daily life. I was working coordination today as well. It didn't work all the time. People give me weird looks because what are you doing? I'm just finding a new task, and especially it looks weird when I'm failing at it. Mm. Good. Next time I'll have it, mm. hopefully. Right. So how much do you train? Uh, depends on the day. Depends on what else mm. is going on. Um, yeah, depends on the community around. If I'm yeah. by myself all day, sometimes you know, I'll get in three hours or so, three, four hours. Uh, sometimes less if it's a really busy day, but I aim for three at the very least. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes you just have a good community with you and we dive into it and you end up just kind of jamming a little bit and playing and trying this and bouncing off each other and doing this and this and this. Um, as far as training, yeah, I have my program and all of that, but... Which comes from from Ido. From Ido, yeah, he mm. writes the program. But it's not even... It's not like I have to I'll mentally prepare I'm going to train now. It's yeah. exploring a new subject and this subject and that. Yeah. So it's depends on the day, I suppose. But then we were in Berlin and we started each day at 7.30 in the morning and we ended at roughly 9 at night, um, 8 to 9 at night. Mm. And with the break in the middle and that, but that's a great day. Slept well. Yeah, okay, of course. Mm. Where, um, so so you, you and Anthony and Margaret set up Modus, it's mm. been going for just over a year now. Yep. Um, how's the first year gone? That's uh, been incredible, really. Lots of learning things. Such as? Um, how to teach. 
how to communicate better, how to be clear on expectations, how to develop students and not just pr present information, mm. how to be clear on our expectations, which then in turn helps people be better, better students, um, how to do some business things. Mm. We are not a tr traditional business by any means, but yes. we still have to do, do things on that side. Because um, you've almost got an, on the surface, an indescribable product to sell. Yes. And it's very difficult, right? Mm. Um, I had a good experience flying back on the last flight coming back from Chicago, actually, the other day. I was sitting next to a guy and we started talking. And it's always been a difficult thing. I mean, it took us how long in the beginning? What is movement? And most people yeah. listening to this don't even know. Yeah. They still don't. And that's fine. They'll think they get it, but they don't, but they will, but they yeah. won't. <laughs> yeah. Or even listening, some of them will be honest, like, I have no idea what he just said. And that's yeah. fine. Yeah. So it's hard to say what is movement. But we started talking about it, and he said, um, "If you were, if I was in Perth, he's from Sydney. He said, if I was stopping in Perth, I'd, I'd be there." I said, "Oh, that's good to hear." But do you even know what it is? He goes, "No, but something's there." I was like, "Oh yeah, so I'm getting better at communicating this. Communication's a bit of a struggle for me, yes. and I'm trying to improve on it. And it's um, come a long way. Has plenty more to go on many layers." Um, getting there so that's one thing to learn mm. um yeah i don't know you could probably i could probably talk forever on things that have been learned but yeah it's just but, um, the whole process the, you ask how it's been one of the coolest things i think is we have a bit of a community and a crew yes we have this community where anyone who walks in the door you know this is this is something we're very very pleased about no one walks in the door and we go oh that person's here Mm. Oh, no, this class is going to be harder to teach. Oh, they're just a... No. Everyone walks in the door. It's like, yeah, great to see you again. Because we fostered this community of people in the right mindset mm. to some degree. And everyone's got different challenges and different things. And some struggle to put the ego aside and this and that. But no one's a drain on our energy to be there. And that's that's so incredible. You know, I've worked in PT. I've got... I can think of... Like, I know the face to this day. I've got clients who is just like... <sighs> Jesus. <laughs> And they were at 5.15 in the morning. It was the hardest thing ever. Yeah. Like, you don't want that. No one wants that. Then what's the usual model? Okay, eventually I start managing people so they can take the, the bad clients for me. No. I've got people I want to work with. Mm. And the people who, who aren't a great asset will remove themselves because they never got in the right mindset anyway. So we have an excellent community. And that's what you know always excites me. Like, oh, how are things going? Great. We have this awesome crew. We have people spending their free time with us. Because they know they want, there's more for them to explore. You come to, like, today, you know, there was no class on, what time was it? It was this morning, before class, middle of the day. Just people hanging out. Everyone's talking together. Um, there was, in the room at the same time, me from Chicago. Anthony was there from, uh, he's born and raised in Perth. We've got a friend it's visiting from the Czech on. Republic. We've got uh, another woman from Argentina and a guy from France. All in the same room. Only mm -hmm. one born here. It's like all these people have congregated from all different parts of the world and we're just all hanging out and exploring things together. It was just a great moment. Just Here we are. Awesome. Yeah. So, Edo's, if you listen to him, he's right, he's quite the philosopher as well. Yes. So what have you taken on board beyond the movement? What sort of things have you taken on board from that? Ooh, um... It's hard to spend a lot of time in a practice without getting to a level where you have to think about it. If you don't think about it at some point, you will remove yourself from the practice and you will find something else to do. Everything at a deeper layer, you have to start philosophizing to mm. some degree about it. Um, 
How do you want to spend your time? What are you doing this for? The why? All these underlying reasons. Mm. Well, he's been doing this for years. It keeps going further and further. He's financially successful. Why does he need to keep going? So he finds reasons. He keeps looking for what else is there in life. Mm. We all get to a point, right? Or m- many people um, will get to a point like, what, what is going on? Why am I doing this? And it's philosophizing to different degrees. From him, you learn that it's not all about the movement. Mm. First off, of course, I get into it to the, the skills and the tricks and the looks and this and that. Mm. Oh, wait, that's not what it's about. It's, about the, move- stuff we it's not Instagram. about the movement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a, that's a tricky, tricky one. Yeah. Um, it's not about the, that stuff. It's about the movement. Oh, it's not about the movement. It's about the community. Oh, it's not about... It's get, and it just keeps going. I wouldn't call myself a philosopher by any means, but it's just interesting to hear his thoughts on the process. You know, we have conversations, and you, like I said, the practice, I think we said before we started, the practice just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Where else does it have to go? You know, we have to have start, more cerebral conversations about it a little bit. Mm. And it's difficult to have these conversations with people who aren't engaged in similar activities, mm. right? You can have certain conversations with certain people because you have these similarities with them. You can have the same conversation with someone else, but it's based around a different topic. Yes. So it's it's a medium to communicate about other things, which I find is very interesting. So what um, other things are you getting from it? Um, I, I, nothing comes to mind at the moment. Um, be, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's such a wide topic. You know, for example, the... Um, Actually, a student just gave me a book because he started reading it and realized it wasn't for him about the brain's sense for movement, hmm. it's called. And it's looking at, okay, how can we, what do we sense and what do we this and that? And like he's quoting in their philosophers because it all intertwines. Like, you know, the classic things of the colors that you see are not necessarily the colors that I see, but we called this one black. So we both call it black, even though it might be my red for you. That yes. kind of thing. I forget that has a title yes. uh, in philosophy. I don't know what it's called. So this, this happens on each layer. Um, and simply that there's more to be explored. For example, I have not spent as much time with the internal practice as I have with much of the other things. But it's such an important part of the practice. Why? Okay. One, it develops awareness. One, it gets you comfortable sitting with yourselves. One of the, the comments from last week was not being addicted to your thoughts and running around. And of mm-hmm. course, there's people who have done internal work and yoga and meditation for years who can and can talk to this um, it's not my strength so i need to dive into there more and then with that will come maybe more clarity on on the philosophy side of things yeah. but for now it's kind of just dipping my toe in the pool and seeing that there's much more i haven't been doing this for 20 years i'm currently engaged with anything but it will come with the process and this is once again why i trust um, there are some things that we start now that i don't really know why we're going but okay this is where the trust comes in where, where will it end up? Same thing happened last week. Like, okay, so we've been doing this, this, and this, and this. Now you get the next layer. Now you can understand a bit more of why now that you've explored. Here's where we're going with it. Oh. And, of course, wanting the information. I wish I would have known it then. I would have prioritized it more. Yeah, but I should have just trusted in the first place and spent the time with it. That kind of thing. Um, not a very good answer to your question, but I'm, I'm no philosopher myself. Hmm. I'm just interested in... Uh, Learning more, I suppose, at some point. Mm. You, can, you can talk more to specifics that Ido has said, but it'll be regurgitating and can point towards um, the, yeah. the um, interviews and stuff he's done. You know, the, the most poignant one being, what, why do you 
do the movement, Anita's line is, it's a good way to pass the time. Yeah. Because what else are we doing here? Love that. Like, whoa. <laughs> if you think about that for two seconds, it's like, oh, wow. Well, um, yeah, I guess we are just passing time. Then you get further and further into mm. meaning of life, sounds, all that kind of stuff. Sounds so flippant on the surface. Yeah. And it seems like, oh, cheeky. But what about? No, wait. Real. Once again, that comes with how long have you been doing it for? How far have you taken it? What else has come because of it? That's why we, we need all these things to support us. If you don't think about those things, eventually you run into the wall. If you don't have a community to support you, eventually you run into the wall. Mm. If you don't have meaning behind your practice it's simply or a direction, you run into the wall. This is where you know the mentors and the communities and all these things can help. You know, I think why Ito's been so successful is because at the end of the day, he centered everything around the practice, not around the business. And he's a very successful, um, financially successful, I won't even say businessman, but he's financially successful. But he centered it around the practice always. Yes. He's first and foremost a practitioner. What comes with that? You have to be a teacher to be a practitioner. He's a phenomenal teacher. And then he develops a community of like-minded people. He gets some guff because he, he cuts people here and there for because of this and that. Oh, it's so petty. Yeah, well, he knows what he wants to do, and he doesn't have time to entertain that. We all have situations in our lives where we have toxic people who just won't let go of things. And it's like, ah, oh, but they were a good friend, so maybe I don't want to... If you just cut it, then, okay, you can move on with your life. And yeah, there's sad parts to it and this and there. But if you're so, I know what I want to get done, and I'm going to do anything to get me there, that's what you do. You have to. Otherwise, it just keeps pulling on you bit and bit. And once again, this comes down to what are you, where are you trying to do? What are you trying to do with your life? What is the cost of cutting that person versus or the cost of leaving them in your Keep life? In, yeah. Because everything has a cost. So that's an individual decision. And you mm. have to think about these things to some degree. You know, what was the cost of me pursuing more of this movement stuff? I had to move across the world. I had to do this. I had to do that. Um, and of course, I moved across the world also for Margaret, my partner. So it's not, it's not singularly the movement, but the community was a huge part of it. There's people here who I can do yeah. this with. And um, so, Western, Western so, Australia seems like a great place because mm. I know this is also about Western Australia. Yeah. People are very open-minded in some way. Now, my, my little joke I suppose I'll make is that I came here from Chicago where it's miserably cold much of the year. Um, and there's so much stuff to do. You get to Perth and it's like, there's not that much to do, but it's gorgeous all the time. So people are happy to be active and be in their bodies and do things. And then they're very open-minded about it. Yes. And I, I think it was in one of my first weeks here. I had to cover a class for someone. So I came in and told them, I think it was a yoga class. And I told them I don't do yoga, but it was not, it was like a roll and release thing. So I said, I'll give you my perspective on what we do. And after the class, one of them, they said, hey, let's get coffee. Um, and I sat down with them. I just started talking about what I do. And they were instantly just like, oh, that's, yeah, that's like they're very engaged. I had this moment of, that is not a response I would have gotten in my circles in Chicago. Of yeah. course, you could have found the people. There's always the exceptions. But in general, most people check out very quickly mm. Cause, because it is hard to explain. Oh, you're not telling me it's this? Okay, then what? Oh, you can't tell me what? Okay, no, I'm not. Okay. So the people here are, are open-minded. They're happy to move. They're, they're mm. great. A lot of international people as well, which we see in our location. Um, and it's just a... Yeah, I, I like Western Australia a lot, and that's why I'm here. So what have you learned about Mark during this process, and about yourself and your sense of identity? Ooh, um, I suppose it's a tough question as well. If I have to verbalize more philosophical things again, <laughs> or struggle to. Um, it's, a, it's a confronting practice um, in many ways, because if, for example, like I said, I'm not as developed on the internal work as I should be, and it's, a, it's something I'm addressing now. 
Um, why? Why can't I just sit? And I'm, in general, a very relaxed person. I'm happy to sit and do nothing. But why can't I commit to it regularly? Is there something that I don't want to acknowledge or this or that? Um, that as, as in being still. No, no, I'm happy to be still. I'm happy to do that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is that I was opposed to. I know it's something beneficial and there's so much to be explored there. But I would do it, but never consistently enough. So now I've been consistent with it and seeing where the process goes, but um, can't talk to that until later. You know, I, I've learned I'm a very much an, it's easier for me to be an all or nothing person. For example, when I was in Chicago, I knew I had a deadline. Um, I was working two jobs, like I said, in school, training with online with Ido, which at the time was three to four hours. Um, my jobs, one was in landscaping work and one was in uh, personal training. So I could choose my schedule. I needed something to choose my schedule because I'd be up at 3.45 in the morning to get to work. And then I was training all that. I made a decision. I said, okay, I want to do the things I want to do. The food's got to be good to support me. The sleep's got to be good to support me. I don't have time for social life, which is weird for a, you know, what was that? Kind of 21-year-old male, um, 21-year-old anyone really, to say that. No social life because I knew it was temporary. And I just committed to it. And it was yeah. so easy. No wasted time. Let's just do this, this, this. But I have the tendency when things are in moderation to, ah, oh, you know, I can be, I'm happy right here. I can be content with this. So I need to light the fire and, and keep moving. But do it in a way that's not all or nothing. Mm. And this has been often in my life. I can dive in all the way or half-ass it. Mm. So I'm learning, a huge thing I'm learning is how do I be productive while doing things in moderation. Now, my moderation is different to other people's. You know? mm -hmm. Some people say, oh, you trained six hours today. That's not moderation. Okay, what'd you do with your six hours? First of all, if it's work, okay, you're signed into that. But, but anyway, that's another side of the conversation. Um, so how can I be training to the fullest extent? How can I be thinking about where I want the business to go and developing students? How can I be doing all the work on the business as far as, you know, some of the business things, learning about marketing. Luckily, the other two are a bit better at the marketing than I am. Um, but also learning how to, like, do the programming and spend good time so that we can give the best product we can. And then communicating, okay, this is my vision for the programming. Hey, guys, this is how we should present it. This is what I mean when I write this in words. Yeah. Um, how can I do all of this while still, you know, engaging in the other things while still supporting this and that and it, it's been a process i'm by no means good at at all of these things yet but getting there in some regards um it would be much easier for me to say this is all i'm doing i live around the corner from modus i'm here every day at this time this is when i do this this is when i do that no other nothing else in my life except for this yeah and i would love it i would do very well with it i would flourish i think i could continue to build the community and all this but i know at some point it would have to end mm. because there'd be too many other things cut out so my learning process is how do i keep all the things in without getting slack on any of them yeah because i'm a very relaxed person in general i can tend towards um procrastination in some ways <laughs> so trying to avoid that awesome what's um what uh, what are the goals for the next sort of two three four five years for you um, most of my goals are really centered around Modus and the people there and the community because everything can come up that, um, hmm. one, 
I just want to keep furthering my practice. There's a few other side projects I would enjoy to get into. You know, like I mentioned, you know, music here and there. I used to do a lot of music things. Um, but for now, that's not the priority. That's the priority is having Modus be the place it can be. Hmm. It, more self-sustaining. Um, you know, we have to leave three times a year to go training. Can the place keep itself going through the excellent people that have been developed? Yes. So far, pretty much yes, but we can take it further. Hmm. Um, yeah. Like I said, if we build the, the business and the community, it will all come from there. Then I can have a, I can breathe a bit more easy on the fees that I uh, pay Edo, which are expensive but reasonable because what I'm getting is priceless. Hmm. Um, and after that, then I don't know. I suppose this is the all or nothing com coming in. <laughs> right now, I'm just looking here, yeah. and I will and keep going that direction. From there, we'll see. And if you could go back to speak to Mark just before he goes off, before his first movement camp mm. um, to Thailand and give him a piece of advice from where you are now, what would that be? Ooh. A few of them. One would be talk. I'm very, um, once again, I've worked on the communication, but it's had to come a long way. I'm actually hard of hearing and I wore hearing aids as a kid um, and I stopped wearing them just because I don't like having a tube in my ear and I read lips so I get by well enough without them. Because of this, I was very self-conscious as a kid that I did, heard something wrong so I would never speak up because, oh, what if I heard wrong and then my comment is stupid and people laugh at me. So I was very self-conscious and um, so I just would be shy and just shut up and not say anything. Yeah. Um, and I could have gotten a lot more out of it if I had been talking mm. one to the other people there. I had a few close friends just because I was with them by proxy because they were the room next to me and in the group, same group and that kind of yeah. thing. Um, but I could have talked more to um, you know, the teachers at the time to give me a bit more direction. And then maybe you know I'd feel more comfortable and, and not have to go searching in other places for more information. Um Now, you know, it's one of those things where it wouldn't have fallen on the right ears. I would say commit sooner, actually dive in because yeah. we all, you know, when we dip our toes into, you see it as well. Like, okay, you, you've learned, trust the process. Most people, they dip their toe in. Oh, is this for me? Um, okay. We'll see how this goes. And then they kind of half-ass it for a while. And then some people, they get more serious because they see everyone else progressing so quickly. Like, oh, whoa, what, wait, but wait, what about me? Oh, right. I haven't been doing the work. So I would, have t I would tell myself to, you know, be a bit more, make fewer excuses, but once again, probably would fall, yeah. uh, fall onto deaf ears at that point. Um, the main one would just be talk more, be more open, be more friendly. Mm. I tend to have a resting bitch face. Um, certainly <laughs> did in the past. So, um, yeah, it would have helped more confidence. Mm. And finally, for any of the listeners out there, a few words of wisdom from Mark. Move. Move. It's pretty straightforward there. <laughs> it's been said before. Yeah. Um, if you don't know how, you don't have issues, we're, we're here to help. But the biggest thing is find things that you enjoy. Find a process. Um, can be a good teacher in anything, right? You, you've got your good teachers for, for swimming and for podcasting and for this and that. And just, and just trust. Learn from them. Do what they say. Mm. That doesn't mean do it blindly. You question at the appropriate times. Learn to ask good questions so you're not wasting everyone's time. And... Yeah, just dive into something. For most of us, what else do we have in this world but our bodies? 
So let's start to develop it. You know, we can't separate mind from body. You know, there's interesting studies on all ends of the spectrum there, but we're all in this in this thing. So let's use it. I think the the line from another one of our teachers um, who was at the movement camps and all this is a guy named Martin. Um, he says it's the user manual for your body. So let's get some let's get our user manual back and just learn how to do things, learn how to use our body, explore what's there. Learn a bit more about your mind from the internal work and all of this kind of stuff. And um, yeah, it starts with the movement. Cool. And so anybody who's listening to this who wants to get in touch, how can they find you? Uh, our website will be an easy way to get email, phone, all that kind of thing. We don't answer the phone if class is going on mm. unless there's a few extra people there. So email will certainly be the most re reliable way to get in touch. Otherwise, just come in and Come try some classes and see a little bit more what we're about. Bring your notebook because you're a student. Leave your ego at the door. Yes, of course. Um, yeah, and find out a little bit more. But the website, just search for Modus Movement and we'll pop right up. We're in Myrie off Leech Highway. So um, it'll be easy to find and then we can, then we can play seriously. Mm. Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Um, as I said, I've been coming for six months. I've, it's changed many things for me in my life and as i've said to you before you know i don't have um you know i saw edo and watched documentaries and this that and the other and then that day when i sort of went oh Edo portal movement perth and then it was like four weeks before you were opening up yeah. and then to find out that there's actually you know mentees of edo's here opening a studio i, I just felt i just thought how lucky am I? You know, it's like 10 minutes down the road. So I think it's an absolute privilege to have you up the road. Thank and you. all the knowledge that you guys have and hold, it's just, you know, it's awesome. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and then to uh, selfishly get the opportunity to talk to you outside of the mm. class today as well, yeah. has been um, awesome as well. So thank you very much for thank your time. Thank you for having me. It's good to have you as part of the community. Awesome. That's what it's all about.